Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology, because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Well, as we get into uh, our message this week, um, we're continue on and continuing on. This is the second part of our series of hearing God's voice. And um, I, I want to continue to not just tell people what we're doing, not just force you along with me, but I want all of us to see and to recognize why it's so important and it's so crucial for us to spend time walking through this as, as a church. It was a, a few, uh, probably several weeks ago, around a month ago now, where I had just been dealing with it. It just felt like life was chaotic. Like it I just felt chaos everywhere. And I, I, I was recognizing I've got all of these voices coming in. I've got all of these voices from people's opinions to uh, news and fake news and then fake news turning into real news and real news turning into fake news and opinions and all of this stuff swirling all around. And I'm like, this is chaotic. And I, I, know, I know that I don't know everything. Um, but one of the things that I do know is that God's not a God of chaos. That God's not a God of anxiety or confusion. God's a God of order and of peace and of a sound mind. This is who our God is. And so I began just wrestling with this and just being like, all right, this is what God has called me to be. This is, this is my identity, but I'm living over here. I, I'm functioning within this, within this chaos. And so I began just addressing it with the Lord. And I began like really, really pressing in. And when I say that, what I mean is that I, I would spend time in the scriptures. I would spend time with brothers and sisters in the Lord who, who are sharpening me. I would call and spend time with my pastors and have them be helping me. And, and it wasn't just like a, a one-time fix. It's been a process of figuring out the, uh, how, to, how to function with all of this going on. And with all of this, I finally got to this place of the Lord saying, Ben, simplify. Simplify. And I said, Lord, what, what exactly does that mean? And he kind of helped me understand that it was more actually about like, what's really important in your life? What's really important in your life? I want you to focus there and I want you to be intentional there. And so I've, I've done my best to, um, to try and lead this way throughout the rest of my life. But I think it's important in this season to call a spade a spade, to identify what the enemy is doing and call it 
exactly that. And so what I see taking place within our culture and within our world today is that there is an overwhelming of information. There's an overwhelming of voices. There's an overwhelming of all of these things going on. And the enemy is using it as a tactic to pull us away from God and pull us away from God's people. It's one of the things that the enemy is doing right now. Now, as, as we read our Bibles in John 10, 10, we recognize what the enemy does, right? The thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And when I, th- I don't know about you guys, maybe this is just Ben's brain and I'm letting you in a little bit too deep. But when I think of like initially the enemy destroying, here's my first thought. I'm, I go back to like cartoons. I go, I go back to like Satan's over here and he's building this huge atomic bomb. It's like the size of Saturn. And then he's got a whole bunch of mini bombs around the outside of this big bomb, which are creating these rings. And it's this huge thing. And I, all of humanity's like, oh no, there's this devil here. He's, he's making all this stuff. And we're like, oh my gosh, right? It's, it's crazy. But the way that the enemy actually works is a lot more subtle. When we would talk about spiritual warfare, we would often think like, uh, or it's often said that, the battle's a lot in our minds, right? It's a lot more subtle. We know that, uh, uh, that Satan placed it into Judas Iscariot's heart. Right? It, was, it started as something small. We know in, in, in James that we have these temptations that uh, start up, they're enticing in, in our flesh. And as we give birth to those things, that they produce that they produce sin. And so Satan's ways are more subtle. They're more crafty. We look at the way that he worked um, in, in the garden with Adam and Eve. It was more of a, a, a subtle working, a twisting. That's what he likes to do. He likes to taste, take things and, and, and twist them around, twisting of, of words. He tried to do that with Jesus too. And one of the ways that we've been seeing him work subtly in this time has been with all the voices. We've got the CNN voices, the Fox News voices, the Christian News voices, the Twitter voices, the Facebook voices, the Insta voices, the Twitch voices, the Snap voices, the parents voices, the in voices, the neighbor's voices, the stranger's voices, these opinions, these, all of this stuff. And it's like just swirling around us. And that's a little bit chaotic. Yeah. Even as I say that, that feels a little bit chaotic and I'm not pointing fingers at any one of them saying that they're evil in and of themselves. But what I'm saying is all of this stuff is beginning to be piled on in this chaos is starting to wear in on, on people. And I want you to recognize that in our own lives, if this is one of the ways that the enemy is doing it. And it's a brilliant tactic. We see it used in like modern day warfare. Uh, we're seeing this within, within the society currently, right? We have like different... Um, uh, different like protests and stuff being planned day after day after day after day, which turn into violent things and riots and all this stuff. And it's wearing down on, on the people trying to keep the peace and all this stuff. And it, it's just, right, it's crazy. It's crazy and it's, and it's wearing, wearing them down. And this is one of the things that the enemy is doing. He's using all of these different voices, not necessarily evil in and of themselves, but just the swirling of all the voices. And he's like, hey, 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 hey. But I want to I just continue to, uh, uh, to help illustrate this. Nick, could I get you up here real quick? Uh, Graham, could I get you up here real quick? And Ned, could I get you for just a second? Here's what I'm going to do. Um, if you guys could just stand along the steps. And... Um, 
So my voice is going to be the most important voice here, okay? I'm not saying that this is like, this is not what I'm actually teaching. This is just an illustration, okay? Okay, give me straight. Don't twist my words. Uh, I'm gonna tell you the story of my week, okay? And I want you to listen to the story of my week. And then I want each of you guys to also tell the story of your week, what took place. Just walk me through like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Okay, so ready, set, Go. Yeah, see that? Okay, all right. Y'all are good. Okay, yeah, y'all, y'all are good. Y'all are good. Thank you. That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. We just got through Monday. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. But listen, I need you to grab a hold of this. Because this is exactly what's taking place. That one important voice, the voice of God, is trying to speak to us and give us direction and inform the way that we view the world around us. And all of these other voices are here and they're speaking in. And what we've got to do is figure out how to tune out those other voices and simplify. Simplify it back down to the voice of God. And that's that's the heart of this series is to simplify simplify, and identify what is important. And one of the things that's been crucial in my formation as a follower of Jesus Christ has been hearing his voice. I shared with you guys uh, uh, last week about how um, I gave my life to Jesus and I needed someone to walk me through this difficult season of coming out of addiction and into freedom and growing in the Lord and all of this. And this the man of God that uh, the Lord placed in my life was a man named Ben Dixon. He was a pastor at Mill Creek Foursquare Church, and he had a discipleship ministry that was called at the time 11th Hour Ministries, um, and both my wife and I were a part of this discipleship group. And one of the focuses that Ben had was helping people to grow in hearing the voice of God and speaking the voice of God. And so he wrote a book entitled Hearing God and uh, has developed series and all this, all this stuff. And I know there's a lot of really good resources out there. Um, and so um, if you're wondering why, why this book, it's because I know the substance of this man's life. It's not just random, random stuff, random information, or right? There's, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but I know that this stuff is lived out and that there is good kingdom fruit that is born from this. So this is why we're using it. Um, I was hoping to have a box of 50 books here by today, but uh, the postal system or something is not working correctly and it didn't make it here. So eventually, hopefully by the end of nine weeks of working through this series, we'll have some books for you. If you are in a hurry and you'd like to get it sooner, you can get that on Amazon. Do note that there has been an update to the books. And so I know that some people have tried to go on Amazon and actually get that book. And it says that they're out. If you get to that message, go to the next listing of the Hearing God book, and uh, that'll be the updated version that they will be providing. But last week, we began laying this foundation. Like I said, that we've been created in the image of God, in the likeness of God, and as we've been created in this image, if we look back at the garden, of, uh, uh, at the garden with Adam and Eve, right? and God spoke to them, he, he took them along. And he said, oh, this is an animal, this is a plant, this is a yada, 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 and he defined it for him. And this is the way that we've been created to be, to have God inform us, give us information, and we're, we're called to be those who would employ it. But then we saw that choice that was introduced, right? 
that choice where humanity decided to uh, listen to the voice of someone else to inform their paradigm, to in- inform their, their worldview, to inform what they were doing, thus came in sin. But Jesus, someone say, but Jesus. But Jesus, but Jesus, uh, Jesus came to restore that which was lost. This right relationship with God. And um, as we talk about our message, the second part of our series today, the title is Everyone Can Hear God's Voice. Everyone can hear God's voice. And there are, we have to acknowledge that there are some real reasons why people don't hear the voice of God. And I'm going to get to some particulars um, later on in this series. We'll have a message along the lines of hindrances to hearing the voice of God, more specific things in our life. But this is an overarching general why Christians, followers of Jesus, don't hear the voice of God. And number one would be a theological belief because of their theological belief, because they believe that the Bible says that they won't hear the voice of God, they can't or shouldn't hear the voice of of God. We here as a four-square church, we are a, I guess some people would call Pentecostal charismatic church, okay? Charismatic being the way that we worship, that we've got some charisma, we get excited about it, honestly, I have some conviction about this because I believe that the church of Jesus Christ should be the most excited people on this planet because we've got the best news possible ever, period, end of story, end of paragraph, turn the page. So there's, there's, yeah, mic drop, boom. So there's the charismatic part and then there's the Pentecostal part. Because we believe that the promises that took place on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the way that the Spirit of God would empower people to hear God's voice, to function in those gifts, we believe that those are alive and well, and God still does the same things that he did in the Bible. Mostly because the Bible doesn't say that he stopped doing them. There are some aspects of Christianity, some beliefs, that would believe that this is not the case. One of those areas being called cessationism. That the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the movement of God have ceased. That they are no longer needed or no longer used in today's context. And a lot of this belief kind of comes from um, back in the Reformation times. And a man named John Calvin. And John Calvin, when he was reading through the the Bible, he got to Ephesians chapter four, reading these fivefold ministry gifts, the way that the spirit of God would empower people within the church to lead the church, hear God's voice and lead in that direction. Here's what he said about it. He said, the Lord raised up the first three, the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists at the beginning of his kingdom. And now and again, he would revive them as the need of the times would demand. And so with that comes this belief that God doesn't on a normal basis any longer, um, any longer work in this way because the formation of the church had already taken place. But I just want to, I mean, just for a second, I don't know if you guys uh, do this, but open your Bibles or go, go to scripture or, or anything like that. But I like to open my Bible and I like to read it. And it says in Ephesians chapter four, that uh, verse 11, that he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers for what? to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until, wait, is that like a, 
Is that like a marker that we're supposed to get to? Until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro in the waves. Right? We, there's a time period here, folks. It says it right here. It says it. So some people don't hear God because they believe that the Bible doesn't say that we can hear God anymore. And that's not the Bible I read. Now, let me tell you this. It would be so much easier if I could just give in and believe that. I've got so many people that are close to me, loved ones that are dear to me, that believe this. And I just keep reading through the Bible. I've read their books. I have listened to their their messages. I've studied through their messages over and over and over again. And I just can't get there in my belief of this Bible. I can't get there. So that's one reason why people don't hear the voice of God, why Christians don't hear the voice of God. Another Another is bad examples where we've seen people steward this in a bad way, right? Where it has brought damage. And people have said, the Lord told me to do this. The Lord told me to show hate on this person, right? I mean, you, just turn on the news, <laughs> right? We, we, we see it being portrayed that way at least. Or God told me to tell you to give me $8 million. Amen. It's... <laughs> Or how about this? This was recent, right? The end of the world is going to be on. And it just gets to this point, or elections, right? We could go on and on and on. But um, we get to this point of it's like, oh, there's so many people that are saying and claiming the voice of God for negative things that I just don't... I, I don't want to damage somebody by, by, by doing this. I don't, I don't want to hurt other people. I don't want to be like, like that. And ultimately, when we look at that argument, that's functioning by fear. That's us being afraid, therefore we will not speak. That is us quenching the spirit of God who wants to speak through us. So those are two, two big reasons And we have to get to this place of recognizing that this this word of God right here, it it tells us that we were created for this. And I I just want to continue to to build upon that foundation this morning. Like, I don't want anything that is unbiblical. We have it printed right there on our mission statement that we are dedicated to sound theology. I'm a Bible guy, and I'm not just like a translation guy. Like, I want to go down to the original language. I want to make sure that what I'm saying is accurate. This is my conviction. We ought to be studiers of the scriptures. And we've got to be those who would stand in our convictions and be able to communicate what the word of God says. And so as we as we look through the communication of God throughout the scriptures, what we see from creation until now is this progression, this progression of intimacy of God moving closer to his people. And so initially we see like there was a great intimacy in the garden, right? 
where God is walking right there with Adam and Eve, walking through the garden, face-to-face, 24-7 access. And then through this sin, we see this breaking up, this distance, the Adam and Eve having, be, having to be removed from this garden. And now they don't have this same access. But if you're reading the same Bible that I read, God still speaks, right? We, we see God speaking audibly to like Cain and Abel, What did you do to your brother, right? And he actually recognizes it. It's not just random things taking place. God is speaking and communicating to his people. And so during this time, God was speaking audibly and people could hear his his voice. And then we get to chapters, uh, Genesis chapters 20 through 28-ish. And you remember that story where, uh, uh, I think it was Isaac. Is he the one who laid his head on the stone and fell asleep? Is that that the one? Jacob, thank you. Y'all are, see, know your Bibles. Come on, Jacob, right? And he, how does God speak to him? Through a dream, right? And so we begin seeing God continuing to take steps towards humanity. It's a, it's a little bit closer. It's an outside audible voice. And now it's moving a little bit closer and a little bit more closer and a little bit more closer. So now it's, it's internally, right? So we're having dreams and visions and internal voices. And then we get to Moses, Right? And this begins a new wave, a new step of God's relationship with humanity. This, was gonna, it, this is called the, the mediator stage, right? God then put people to hear the voice of God for the other people, okay? So we got Moses going up to the mountaintop. We've got the kings, the prophets, um, the, the priests, right? All of these who are standing almost between the people of God, and then it's the mediator, and then we get to God. And within this time period, there were some promises that took place. There were some promises of how God was going to move closer to his people. This is good news. Joel 2.28, I use this verse a lot because I love it. Joel 2.28, it's this prophecy. Again, prophecy being God speaking, people hearing, and then people speaking what was the voice of God. And uh, And Joel is just speaking the promises that are going to take place. So he's saying there's a time period where God is going to be providing these blessings for the people of Israel and just continuing to provide, 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 provide. And then we get to Joel 2.28 and it says, and it shall come to pass afterward. So after this time of supernatural provision for the people of Israel, these are time periods, these are markers. After, afterward, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And here's kind of where I'm getting that word. In the original language, that word prophecy, prophesy is the, uh, the Hebrew word nabah. And it, it literally means to speak via inspiration or to hear the voice of God and speak it out. So this says your sons, those who are younger with you, and your, your daughters, those who are younger than you, and male and female, right? We're, we're getting all this breakdown. We're uh, God drawing near to all his people. Um, and it says in verse uh, 28, 28, the latter part of it, your old men shall dream dreams, further communication from God, and your young men shall see visions, further communication from God, and your male and female servants, you don't got to be rich. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, enabling you to hear God's voice. 
And I will show wonders in heaven and on earth, blood and fire, columns of smoke, and the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. And I'm just wondering if there's another time marker in here of when this stuff is going to stop, right? Because some people will claim that God stops speaking to people, right? When is that time period? Before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. I, I challenge you guys. I ch- study that. Study that, the great and awesome day of the Lord. When is that? That's the second coming of Jesus. Has Jesus come a second time? No. That means this time period where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, where God is empowering and enabling his people to hear his voice and speak it forth, is right here, right now. And so we had talked about these these mediators, and then in comes Jesus. Here he comes. And as he came, we talked about the primary things that he did. He redeems us and he modeled a life for us. And in terms of this mediator idea of someone coming as a mediator, I love, I love the book of Hebrews because it breaks it down so good. In verse, verse one of chapter one, it says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by who? these mediators, by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. And so Jesus went to the right hand and now he's our mediator. He took the place of these prophets, these kings, these, uh, uh, these other people who are hearing the voice of God and he told his disciples to do, to do what? He told his disciples to wait in the city of Jerusalem for the power from on high to be poured out till they were clothed with power from on high, right? And then we get to Acts chapter two, this pouring out of the spirit. But also we'll get to that uh, just uh, again in just a moment. But think about this example that Jesus lived for us. I think it's like 13 times in the gospel that he went away. He took a little retreat. He got away to go get in tune with the sound of the father's voice because he wouldn't speak except for the words that, he, that the father was speaking. He wouldn't act except for those actions that the father was doing. And this was the invitation for us to walk it out. And so as Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father to be our mediator currently, just as was promised, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two, the fulfillment of these promises took place that we live in this time period now. But Jesus also talked to his disciples in John 16, seven, and he says this to them, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's your advantage. It's your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. The helper speaking of Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. And here's here's where it gets super, super good in verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. 
there are still things that you will need to hear from the voice of God, but you can't bear them right now. Thus comes the helper, the Holy Spirit of God coming to dwell within every believer, right? What if God still has more to speak to us, right? What if, what if the thing that's actually needed to bring transformation to this region, to see this flipped upside down, is for us to walk into wherever place that we're walking into, to hear the voice of God and to speak it out? What if in a very moment, God happens to actually be sovereign and know exactly what this person needs to hear? Maybe it's a scripture. Maybe it's a thought. Maybe, right? What if in every moment we walk into, the only thing standing between transformation of that area is us not listening to the voice of God, of us not functioning the way that we've been created to function? What if, what if we're being that roadblock? Because we're deciding that God isn't going to speak to, speak to us. Y'all, it's the reason I'm here. It's, it's, it's how I arrived in Idaho Falls from Everett. Because God showed me a vision of being somewhere like this many years ago. And at the same time, he happened to be given that same vision to my wife that we didn't actually know about until just a couple years ago of making this decision to come here. We, we've got to be those who expect to hear the voice of God because this is the biblical example of what it looks like to be a child of God. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you didn't get a chance to give already, you can send a text message with a cash amount to the phone number 84321. Remember, the mission field is all around you. So go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.